0: Um, I think it's like a form of karma. Mm. I think that the banks had such a crooked model that the engineers and software designers and programmers was like, we're not going to fix this with a protest. We're not going to fix this with a march on Wall Street. We're going to fix this with technology. Mm. And they created a, a equalizer that just checkmated the whole game. You know, that's my view on it. It's just like the energy balancing out what went wrong over there and just the, the the disadvantage that the people were at the cryptocurrencies balancing that out or will in the long run. It's going to take a while, but it's going to create an option and you're not going to have to go operate in that system that led to like 2008, all the banks collapsing and the real estate bubble and all the malpractice of of power that you know was happening in the banking industry and the central banks and all that, mm-hmm. so it's it's like damn that was slick. Whoever came up with that was slick. If you really peep it from a political point of view, sure. you know what I mean. That was real effortless checkmate. You know what I mean. They exited before anybody knew what was up.
1: Welcome back to another Narrative Watch with Masari. All right, so. Uh, We got a cool one today. Um, That was Nipsey Hussle, uh, RIP, tragically killed last year. Um, Hip hop artist, activist from LA. Uh, That is him talking about Bitcoin um, and cryptocurrency more broadly as a political force. And that's kind of the subject of today's narrative watch. I think, you know, cryptocurrencies have had this interesting trajectory where um, they've been, uh, at any given moment, one, uh, a technology. To an economic force, an economic uh, domain and discipline, and three, underlying it, um, a political force. And I think that uh, what we've seen over the course of this summer, particularly with the introduction of Libra, is the acknowledgement broadly of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies more broadly as a political force. So that's what we're going to get into today. Um, so uh, I, I want to go over and, and start uh, with this essay from Nick Carter. So we might have even talked about this last week. We certainly talked about it on the Crypto Daily 3 at 3 a bunch of times. Uh, this is Nick Carter's essay, A Most Peaceful Revolution. And basically this this sentence is really at the heart of what he's arguing cryptocurrency despite the earnest protests of some of its lily livered adherents, remains manifestly independent and ultimately hostile to the state it cannot be regulated captured or rendered compliant so nick uh wrote this essay uh huge attention around it and his argument effectively which he's clarified subsequently is that Cryptocurrency and Bitcoin in particular are inherently um, combative to the state right they provide market competition uh, for functions that were previously exclusively the domain of the state uh, specifically around money printing and that brings them into um, contention with the state and to Nick those are simply the stakes of the game and if uh, if you're involved in cryptocurrency in his estimation or you're building a new cryptocurrency and you're not thinking that those are the stakes, you're basically in for a rude awakening, for a rude shock. That's kind of his his take on this. And so uh, this, I think, is part and parcel of a growing recognition, a growing conversation, a growing narrative around um, the politics of cryptocurrency. Uh, this was um, uh, reinforced or kind of uh, held up uh, or, or seen. Um, another, another argument basically along these lines came from Uh, Ben Hunt. So Ben Hunt is an ex-money manager who runs a thing called Epsilon Theory now, which is a, um, interestingly, it's kind of a narrative newsletter and consultancy that helps market participants understand the power of narrative forces in the markets which for any of you watch me you can understand why that would be interesting to me um but he was on hidden forces a couple weeks ago and he was talking about similar things so in his estimation uh bitcoin is on a collision course with governments for that same reason right that it is inherently competitive to their core functions. Now, for Ben, though, uh, that's a battle that he believes Bitcoin can't win. And when he looks over and sees um, our adoption in this Bitcoin community of the the narrative of digital gold, to him, that's a ghettoization, right? A uh, 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 pinning us in a very specific, controllable box that is, um, you know, not necessarily the place that you want to be. Uh, it, it forces forces us basically into the role of gold bugs who uh, are, are constantly kind of doomsayers and, and waiting for the worst to happen because that validates our thesis. That's his his reasoning uh, behind why um, he gets nervous about Bitcoin. Now, on this same episode, he talks a lot about Libra. And so uh, to him, Libra is the most co-optable uh, cryptocurrency he's ever seen. It's the perfect guys, It's the perfect... Guise, it's the perfect um, uh, proxy facsimile uh, with which the state can uh, take advantage of all of the things that might people might like about a cryptocurrency without surrendering the power that makes uh, cryptocurrencies both unique and dangerous to them uh, and liberating potentially to to individuals and so. He's basically making this argument that um, Libra is this very, very co-optable force. And of course, Libra is kind of the context for this emerging recognition of Bitcoin and crypto as political. Um, So last week, uh, there was this great uh, thread from Amin um, Amin Sir uh, that says, Libra awakened the sovereigns. This is the quote that I that I loved and I pulled. And he says, while this tech cannot be stopped, its reach can be limited by clamping down on on on-ramps. So what's his context? Well, his context was this. Uh, An official at the French embassy just reached out to me in an official capacity today to talk about crypto. Feels like the French government is trying to figure out the state of crypto and trying to formulate what its response ought to be. This was the context, right? So uh, last week, the middle of the week, there was an OECD conference around cryptocurrencies. And at that conference, um, the French economic minister, basically the French finance minister, uh, Bruno Le Maire, came out and said that Uh, effectively, they would try to block, they were planning to block Libra. Um, So he said, I want to be absolutely clear in these conditions, we cannot authorize the development of Libra on European soil. Um, And the the question, the core question, uh, and this is the original report from the Independent before it got picked up by another news outlets is that it poses a threat to monetary sovereignty that's the key term this idea of monetary sovereignty so basically you know if you go back to the libra hearings uh in in the us the senate hearings and the congressional hearings Brad Sherman was one of the uh, Congress people, for example, who brought up the idea that the ultimate goal of a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency is to undermine the role of the u s dollar as a uh, as the the world's global reserve currency well this uh, this you know France basically is saying that Libra itself poses a threat to France's ability to print money and control the money supply and control monetary policy. It's this external force for this thing which is supposed to be the domain of nation states. Just one day later, Germany uh, picked up the the same tone, the same tenor, and also uh, concluded that they would block uh, Libra or they would try to block Libra along with France. So um, really assertive uh, pressure from these European nations around what is and isn't going to be allowed with Libra. Now, because the idea of them blocking uh, Libra was such a big, clear banner headline. One of the pieces of nuance that got missed in this is that um, they're also then talking on the other side about uh, how they may create their own public digital currency. Uh, so this is from uh, this is from Lemaire again uh, in the same remarks. So in his remarks Thursday, Lemaire said he has spoken with ECB president Mario Draghi and Christine Lagarde, who will be the next chief of the central bank, about creating a public digital currency. Um so this is uh again they're saying you can't do it but we can uh and this is really um something that that i've talked about a lot is that that we're seeing the trifurcation of crypto into permissionless chains like bitcoin Uh, corporate money like Libra and um, convenient surveillance money, right? Which is basically government cryptocurrency. And so what's what's the problem with government cryptocurrency? Why are people nervous about it? Um, The problem is that on the one hand, it is going to be probably extremely popular, right? It will be more convenient. It creates all sorts of new opportunities. Uh, The the digitization of currency um, uh, upends a lot of old systems that are inconvenient on a day-to-day basis. Um, However, there is a cost of that. Right now, we live in a relatively private monetary world because of the prevalence of cash, because you can transact without there being a paper trail or a record. Um, the elimination of cash obviously eliminates that ability to transact privately. And it means that everyone's finances are uh, easily surveilled, right? Um, and this is even just in now in today's world where cash is becoming more and more um, extinct every, every given day, every given week. Uh, in a world of digital currencies from government, central bank digital currencies, those sort of surveillance features are in fact built in, right? Um, they are just part and parcel of what you get. It's the cost of doing business is that your transactions are easily surveilled. And that creates huge, huge problems uh, from the standpoint of the potentials for abuse of power um, and just the the data that is, uh, becomes available. Um, and this is not just France and Germany, right? This is a, a larger, I think, shift in the Overton window around what the future of digital currency should be and what the role of central banks should be so uh, just a couple weeks ago at uh, in jackson hole at a gathering um, hosted each year by the kansas city fed mark carney uh, called for a synthetic hegemonic digital currency or a synthetic hegemonic currency which is basically a collaborative central bank effort to create a a libra competitor Um, and uh, and so whether or not that that Takes place uh, is is sort of secondary, I think, in some ways, to the fact that this is now the conversation. Um, I think Meltem had some choice words on this. She says, "Favorite moment of the week: France and Germany issued a statement that they intend to block Facebook's Libra." And I quote: "No private entity can claim monetary power, which is inherent to the sovereignty of nations." And so it begins. So again, what Meltem is recognizing here is that there is simply no way to deny that we are now. Uh, We have awakened the beast and cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and Libra and Everything in this space is political. It is a political force. Um, I also thought this was a great uh, pull quote. Jefferson nailed it in 1776. If people allowed private banks to control the issue of currency, the banks and corporations that will grow up around the banks will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless. Um, A little extreme, but I think the point is that this has always been political. Every moment that we've spent uh, thinking that it's not is just simply not true. It's It's a delayed, wasted moment uh of deluding ourselves in a lot of ways about the real stakes of this game um so uh What's happening now and where what happens next? Um, So, today, uh, Libra is meeting with a group of something like 26 central banks, including the Fed and the Bank of England, um, and uh, they're basically grilling them about their plans for Libra. And you know, who knows? On the one hand, you have to think that Libra anticipated this, um, just given Facebook's place in the world and the potential of these cryptocurrencies. On the other hand, there is a lot of uh, interesting. Um, momentum behind this idea that Libra may be stillborn, right, and never get out of the gate, uh, simply because of the the incredible regulatory scrutiny around it. Um, certainly, uh, whatever they whatever their level of anticipation was, um, David Marcus decided that it was worth uh, the, the, this new round of uh, recriminations and and kind of uh, uh, you know speaking about Libra was worth responding to. So he wrote a thread this morning uh, about monetary sovereignty of nations versus Libra. He says. Recently, there's been a lot of talk about how Libra could threaten the sovereignty of nations when it comes to money. I want to take the opportunity to debunk that notion. And he goes through his normal set of arguments. Libra is designed to be a better payment network. It's backed by a basket of strong currencies. There's no new money creation, which will, which will strictly remain the province of sovereign nations, uh, and will continue to work with everyone. So this has been the the line from the beginning. The line from Libra has been we're not making new money, it's based on a basket of currencies, Uh, we're neutral, it's gonna be regulated by this kind of larger association, uh, and we're gonna work hard with everyone, and oh, by the way, your law enforcement will really like this because you can really trail people. And I think this is what gets to um, Ben Hunt's point about uh, why Libra is a very co-optable force. Um, They're already basically making the argument to regulators, at least in the US, that this is a tool for them, not something to be feared by them. uh, the, the the reality is, of course, that especially for those, um, the smaller currencies that are part of this basket, Libra is very much a competitive force, right? If you look at what's happened in Argentina, Argentina you know, as currency gets devalued, dollars flee as much as they can, or, or pesos rather flee as much as they can into US dollars, and more recently, some amount of Bitcoin, which was trading at a premium there over the last couple of weeks, um, but certainly into dollars. And uh, and they have to impose capital controls, um, or that's been their their strategy is imposing capital controls in order to prevent that flight from the, the Argentine peso. Um, imagine the situation of that happening when Libra was incredibly easy to just sign onto your computer and buy, totally changes the game. You could see, uh, you know, it providing an incredibly destabilizing force. Now, this is not to say that that is, uh, you know, in some ways that feels inevitable, right? We already have Tether, we already have all these things. Um, And so Libra's argument, and this has been from the beginning is when Marcus was testifying, is that if we don't, someone else will, That someone else being China. Um, And as we've discussed both on, on Narrative Watch and on the Crypto Daily 3 at 3 before, uh there is no doubt that the introduction of Libra supercharged the efforts of China. Um, it's just it, it's exploding with effort to try to get out its digital currency to compete. Um, and uh, and so we'll see. so so the the point of all of this is that, We've got a situation now where Libra, to quote it means, uh Sir, has awakened the sovereigns. Um, and the sovereigns are responding by trying to ban and block Libra and trying to introduce their own competitive cryptocurrency. Now, where is Bitcoin in all of this? Well, for now, it gets to fly under the radar a little bit more. So if you'll remember in July, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell basically was hes testifying in front of the Senate Banking Committee. And someone said, um, uh, what is your concern about Facebook, or sorry, Bitcoin becoming a threat to the dollar. And he says, almost no one uses Bitcoin for payments. They use it more as an alternative to gold. It's a speculative store of value. Um, and this is, you know, for uh, for some, it was a cheer, right? This is the, the, the Federal Reserve chairman recognizing Bitcoin's use case as a digital gold, as a digital store of value. And for Bitcoin believers, for Bitcoiners, um, this is sort of part one, two, three on a hundred part process to becoming just global money, right? Is this uh, this holding use case, um, this ability to have a non-sovereign store of value that's outside of the whims of monetary policy. That's a good thing. Now, again, Ben Hunt's point is that Uh, That is a political ghetto that is hard to escape from. And maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong, but whatever the case is, it's clear that Bitcoin, at least right now in the conversation of regulators, uh, sits in that role. Um, And frankly, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I I think that the, the animosity that is being pointed at Libra, were um, it being pointed to Bitcoin would be very difficult. Uh, it would create a huge number of problems. Um, and uh, and I think that that's a sentiment that that exists and is kind of around the Bitcoiner community. Um, so this tweet from Ben Prentice, um, decentralization matters. Bitcoin competes with all bad monies. Cryptocurrencies are not tech startups. This is a global monetary war. Shitcoins are vulnerable to state level attacks. Only decentralization protects Bitcoin from state attacks. Um, uh this idea of state attacks is is really uh important i think for the future and it's something that we're just going to have to keep an eye on but for now what's clear is that bitcoin is political cryptocurrencies are political libra is political we are not just playing an economic game and we are not just playing a technology game uh these are the stakes it's undeniable and um, proceed as such, right? That's the, that's the message of this narrative. Watches. Um, I believe that this is a narrative that has um, is crescendoing now. Uh, but from a recognition standpoint, this is not something new. Um, these, I think, have been always political forces, right? It's, you know, banks on the, the brink of a second bailout, right? The, the words that kicked off this whole thing um, back in 2008, 2009, that's, it was a political question. It wasn't just banks. It was banks being bailed out by governments. Um, Bitcoin is political. Cryptocurrencies are political. Libra is political. Proceed as such. All right, guys. Happy Monday, uh, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.